is that which is holy unto the Lord. Again, when you say something is holy, it means it is separated unto God. So when you know something that is holy, it is something that is separated unto God. So the Bible is saying that when you fear God, you get wisdom. But if I say when you have the knowledge of the holy, that means when you have knowledge of things that are separated unto God, then you have understanding. What does it mean? It means that from that moment that you have knowledge of the holy, from that moment, your interpretations are different. When you want to know someone who is a child in the spirit and someone who is mature in the spirit, you don't know it by how long the person has been in church and you also don't measure it by activities. So, are you going spiritually? Say yes, why? I pray more. No. If you want to know if you are maturing in the things of God and the things of the spirit, how you know that you are maturing or not is your interpretations. Because naturally, when you look at children and adults, the difference is interpretation, perspective. The child takes that glass you bought for 1,000 Ghana CD. He holds it, he's crying, he smashes it on the floor. He doesn't understand it. Now, you come to that glass and To the child, interpretation. Is it not my mother's glass? To you, different interpretation. Is it not a thousand CD glass? Then your mind will now go thousand CDs. I bought it from the bank. I removed it. I went to the I bought it. I could have used that thousand CDs today. You have put you feel like you I'll kill you today, you know. So the thing between Another one that's even worse. When the child is really small, he can poo poo anywhere. It's his mother's house. <laughs> it's his mother's house. You cannot do him anything. He looks around, looks around, looks around, <laughs> fire everywhere. When he finishes poo pooing, then he'll now be crying. <laughs> And you come interpretation. He's the way he's interpreting things at that at that uh, point in life. Don't think he doesn't have a brain. He does have a brain. He does have a brain. If they don't have brains, how do they determine who should take them and who should not take them? When someone who they don't know come and mm-hmm. they are interpreting, but they are interpreting at their level. So it says that knowledge of the holy. Is understanding that means that when you have the knowledge of holy things, you will now begin to do interpretations. When you get to a place, when you have the knowledge of the holy, when you get to a place, there are things you are looking out for. See, one time. A young man was trying to criticize a, a pastor. And the pastor was sharing something, something on, um, it was on Instagram. So while the pastor was sharing, he said, um, 
He remembers in 1992, he was just spending some time to pray. As he was praying, he was fasting, fasting and praying. And the Lord said to him that he's going to use him. We're going to start a ministry. A ministry is going to be this and that and that and that. All right. So now this guy comments under this pastor's post and says, while Elon Musk is creating jobs <laughs> for people, this is what God told you. You see, interpretations. You can't fault the guy. It is where he's interpreting from. He has no understanding. When you have knowledge of the holy, you enter into a, a, a vicinity. Someone enters your vicinity and is thinking, ah, this place, do they have good light? Do they have good water? As important as all that is, but you enter in the place and all of a sudden you're thinking, how many people are saved here? How many people are not born again here? Hmm, I'm looking for a venue. Is there a venue around? <laughs> a venue for cell meeting? You have a knowledge of the Holy. So it is coloring your every interpretation. All your interpretations according to the lenses that you're having. And that's a reason for the word of God. One of the things that the word of God does is that the word of God gives you the knowledge of the holy. It gives you the knowledge of the holy. So the things that are holy, you begin to understand them. Now, the word Leviticus, right? Leviticus. That whole book was written to give perspective on, the, the Leviticus means holy living. Now, holy living, the law was given in Exodus and repeated in Deuteronomy. So, what was happening in Leviticus? When you read Leviticus, you will now see, you know, the things that God told them pertaining to temple matters. So, Leviticus, holy living, how do they conduct themselves when it comes to God? Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men... In things pertaining to God. I explained this one of the um, uh, prayer mornings. And I said this. There are people that God referred to as servants. Alright. Who were not born again. In fact, let me tell you. Everything in this world can serve God. God can make an unbeliever serve him. Let me give you an example. Your boss in the office, if God wants to send some money to you, he can just make your boss just like you and give you money. That day, that your boss has saved God. God probably wants to help one poor guy somewhere. Then this guy who is not even born again, he's not even saved, goes to do some charity work. And meanwhile, that guy has been praying that God should do something for him. So that rich guy who is not even born again is goes to dash money over there. He has saved God. So God has such servants like that. 
One example of that kind of servant is Cyrus. Cyrus. Isaiah 45. I've seen him. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I've holding, to subdue nations before him, and I'll lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two living gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Now, this Cyrus is not, when you check the genealogy of the, the kings of Israel, he was not a king of Israel. So why does God call him his anointed? Why does God call him that someone that he's going to open the two living gates for? Because he's anointed. So Cyrus was an unbelieving king who was born. Now, when Isaiah prophesied this, it was almost 100 years before Cyrus was born. So Isaiah prophesied about Cyrus. Meanwhile, Cyrus had not been born. Hundreds of years later, in Ezra chapter 1, Ezra chapter 1, then Cyrus came on the scene. Start from verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, I see that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven had given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Come on. So this Cyrus, who was prophesied about years ago, one day he was just there, and Bible said the Lord stirred up his heart. The Lord stirred up his heart. God is stirring up the heart of different people to favor you. He doesn't have to be born again. He doesn't have to be born again. He will be. He will serve God. Even God can make the devil serve him. Because sometimes the people who give you the biggest contract, they, they, don't have, they are not born again. Where they are sitting in government, they are not born again. So Cyrus, king of Persia, now he, he said, I'll give you the kingdom of the earth, and he had charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Cyrus is king of Persia, but he wakes up one day and says he wants to build God a house. He's not born again. He's not circumcised. He's not. He said God has stirred up his heart. Cyrus was a servant of God. What about Nebuchadnezzar, Jeremiah 21? Sorry, Jeremiah 27, verse 5. I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my stretched arm, and I've given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. So take notice of this. God is the one speaking. He said he has made everything, he has made the earth, he has made everything and he has given it to somebody that he thinks qualifies to be head of that kingdom. He has given it to somebody. Let me ask you a question. Your national elections, does God care about it? Yes. Why? I'll show you why. When it's time for elections, it's not my MPP or NDC. There are certain kind of angels called the watchers. The watchers agree who should be president. And the people get the president they deserve. 
Their presence is always a mirror. Let me, let, me, let me explain. Let me explain. Someone say, ah, if you look at yourself, eh, I'm telling you, I know what you are thinking, but <laughs> if you look at yourself to, to, to try to um, understand it, say that, ah, no, 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 I don't deserve this presence. If you, <laughs> if you look at yourself alone, you are not looking at it well. There is individual, how many of you in school, you did individual assessments? In, you wrote your individual exams, right? Did you write group exams? But there's group assessment. There are some assignments, they are group. That means if the group fails, even if you are very good, the group, you, you will fail. Yes, the same with God. There's individual assessment and there is group assessment. Jesus Christ is talking to John in the book of Revelations and he tells him, he said, say to the angel of the church of Ephesus, he says, I mean, they want to tell the whole church of Ephesus that they have lost their first love. It cannot be everybody. It cannot be everybody who has lost his first love. But there's group assessment. This is a group work. So it matters where you go to church. It matters where you go to church. Because group work will catch you. Yes. And let me explain. For example, if you went to a church where they don't care about soul winning, that means any reward on soul winning in heaven, you are not part. You see how the group is affecting you. Yeah. If you come to a place and we say, and we say that after service, we are all going out for soul winning. Whether you like it or not, you will go with us. And when we get to heaven, soul winning, you will get some marks, some more. You know, in a group assessment, when you have a very brilliant student, his contributions will touch you in a way. <laughs> Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. Are you understanding some things? So, I said, the watchers select a precedent that the people deserve. Okay, let me add a little of this to it. It's not everybody who prophesied an election results that did not happen was wrong because it can shift overnight. You see, the watchers are people, they make decisions. So they can decide, hey, they can decide three, three months ago and said that, okay, this person is going to be president. Three weeks to the thing, the person can do something, so they'll say we've changed it. So at that time, Babylon was the world superpower, the biggest, and Nebuchadnezzar was king. And now Nebuchadnezzar had taken the children of God into exile in Babylon, and God sanctioned it. God allowed them. Because at that time, the children of Israel were doing evil in the sight of God. So, look at that. Now, verse 6. And now, have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant? My servant. 
Should I go deeper or I should come back? Uh, Romans 13. Verse 3. Maybe we we'll start from verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there's no power but of God. The powers that are, the powers that be are ordained of God. What's he talking about? He's talking about governmental power. Let every soul be subject unto higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Did you see that? Whether you like your president or not, he was ordained of God. He's a wicked president. He's a servant. You see it. It's true. Whosoever, that is why, eh? Someone can be doing magical things. Mm? When police catch him, he's not able to vanish. He was vanishing before. Once police caught him, he couldn't vanish again. He's beyond the police. He, they are, these are powers that be. The police doesn't even know. If he's going to be able to vanish, there's something else he has to do. Okay. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God. That's why you don't insult your president. No, 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 no. In painful moment, when you went, Jimmy, if he was your father, would you talk like that? Do we agree with everything they do? No. Let's, let me tell you. Many young men of God, or men of God, cut short their ministry because they fought government. Government killed them and they died. God did not protect them. If you are ever going to confront government as a minister of God, God must send you. Ah, you think God could have just, you think God could have just, Moses can just enter Pharaoh's, Pharaoh let my people go. Ah. Because God sent him, he will go and say it arrogantly and Pharaoh cannot touch him. In fact, they were even doing magic contests. This one put a stick, this one bring a stick. Moses, who killed an Egyptian before running away, you are back and what he came to let my people go. You have to understand the kings of those days. They were, not, they were very ruthless. You don't talk to them anyhow. But what Moses was doing is not, no, look, look, 
Let's be serious. You can't even go to a headmaster's office and go and do that. <laughs> you can't even go to a headmaster's office and go and do that. Don't talk less of a king of those days. The king of those days, they were almost gods. He said, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. That's three. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Verse 4. For he is the minister of God. Now, now do the minister of God. Am I the one who wrote this? Say he's a minister of God. Now, the question is whether he's a good minister or a bad minister. <laughs> but minister there is a minister. There are some people, they are so politically minded that one is not their power, they are their party in power, they hate the president, they insult him. president. <laughs> Are you seeing? That's the reason why God said, when you pray, eh? Second Timothy chapter 2. No, sorry, I think First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2 from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, you see, first of all, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So, God is telling you, how to pray. Eh? The prayers of, let's start praying. Let's pray against our enemies. I'll tell you what's wrong with the prayer. In terms of the other. He said, first of all, when you are, always take note when God says something first. Seek ye first. Eh? And take ye first. Take the first fruit. When you hear first, God is telling you an order. Two years ago, I preached a message on kingdom order. There is an order in God, though. At least, when I, when I talked about, last week, when I talked about uh, the presentation of case, the legal, you understand? There is order. In court, order. In court, you don't stand there and say that, uh, 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 judge, you say, my Lord, uh, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry, let's do it, fast, fast. Hey. So, I exert therefore that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Hmm? Verse 2. For kings, that means for presidents, and for all that in our authority, what? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. You know the mistake we make? We rather pray that we will lead a quiet and peaceable life. God never said we should pray that we will lead a quiet and peaceable life. He said you pray for the kings and those in authority so that you will lead a quiet and peaceable life. Oh, Father, peace, peace in Ghana, peace in Ghana. No, he didn't say pray for peace in Ghana. He said, you will rather pray for the president, you pray for those that are in authority. You know, because one thing you need to understand is that the, the contention in the air concerning authorities, the stakes 
of spirits is very high. Go back to um, Jeremiah 27 verse 6 that I was reading. Why, God, why does God call the book of Isaiah his servant? Why? Because his children Israel are in exile there. So God has to keep an eye on them to the servant of God. But there's a difference between this kind of servant and the servants who serve. Now, now, now you go to Hebrews chapter 5, then you now understand it. He said, for every high priest is taken from among men, for every priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Now, now this is it. Let's say these are, these are men, all right? God is a holy God. Are you listening? God is a holy God. God wants to relate with these people. But he's a holy God. And these people are not a holy people. So he wants to relate with them. How's he going to relate with them? There's a language of the holy. Remember the knowledge of the holy. There's a language of the holy. There's a knowledge of the holy. No matter how much God loves you, you don't breach the protocols in heaven. Exodus. I will learn something. Chapter 4, verse 22. You know, sometimes people say that, Pastor, 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 just pray for miracles for me. What is this one there? It is Bible, Bible school that you are taking as Pastor. Everything I'm teaching you, you will need it in application. All right, verse 22. God is speaking to Moses and he's giving Moses a task. He says, Moses, thou shalt say unto Happy birthday. He said, Thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, That say the Lord, Israel is my son, he be my firstborn. So nice, nice calling. All right, go ahead. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Now, nice things like God is calling Moses, He's giving him assignment. Nice calling. All right, go ahead. And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Ah! One minute, God is telling Moses, you're going to do this for me, you're going to do this for me. As Moses was on his way, Bible says God was looking for Moses to kill him. God was looking for Moses to kill him. Why? Next verse. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband had thou to me. Oh, God looking for Moses to kill him because Gershon had not been circumcised. But God just tell him, I tell you this. <laughs> you are just wondering, say, God, just tell him, just tell him to do it. No, but I tell you this. God, okay, Habakkuk 13, verse 1. Sorry, Habakkuk 1. Verse 13, sorry. Habakkuk 1, verse 13. Look at this. Why? Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil. When God sees sin, hmm? I'm not, when I'm talking about sin, I'm not referring to the action of sin. When God sees sin, he doesn't bypass it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with you with, with spiritual legalities now. If God bypass, hmm, he bypass, he's passing his place, he sees sin, he kills the person. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, God is a good God, he's a gracious God. No, no. If grace, if God is a gracious God, the way you think God is a gracious God, the way you think that, oh no, he's just a loving father, just gracious God, just nice people and just sweet. If it's the way you think, why will he sacrifice Jesus? Why? Because he wants to be gracious, he still has to meet the requirements. Lift your hand. <laughs> I want you to speak in tongues because I want you to understand. The matters that border on, on, on legal things and legalities, eh, they are so important. I said you need to learn all these things because you need them in application, in correct praying. So that you know how to approach God as a father, a friend, or a judge. Most of the issues in your life, when you want to deal, deal with it to the roots, you need to meet the judge. So, when you are praying, God, I beg, God, I beg, God, I beg, sorry. They can just give you crumbs because there are foundational issues that you will need the judge. Listen. As a pastor, I see things. I see things. As a professor, hmm? professor, can you imagine that you, you, he has been a professor? Or he, he has gone to school. Do you know what it means to be a professor? One degree, see how he suffered. He's a professor. He is sick. His wife is sick. Their child is sick. When he's walking in the house, he says he's, he's, he's feeling cobwebs all over him. So sick. So sick. He has been coming to church. So sick. I look at him. Kai, all the money he saved, all the money he got from pension, everything. He's finished. Trying to treat himself. All his life. Certificate does not suck devil. Woman came to me today. Ten years, she, um, she was working in an office with some of our members, and she was a big, big person, MD of uh, a big place. I mean, this matter I'm talking about is today. When she was in the office with the people, they were saying, oh, they are going to pray. Because you know, you know our members now, they'll definitely invite you. <laughs> uh, going to pray. The woman said, oh, you guys do that. I stopped going to church 10 years ago. I don't know, I don't go to church 10 years ago. I stopped going to church 10 years ago. Why? I don't want to talk about it, but you know, some, you know, I, apparently I think she dated a pastor 10 years ago and they were supposed to marry and they did not marry. And you know, from that day, Jesus have offended her because... <laughs> <laughs> because of the pastor. The pastor, the pastor offend, Jesus offended her in the pastor. 
okay. Six months after, I don't go to those places. You know, I, I, I don't do those kind of things now. Ten years ago, I don't remember. Because that time she was talking, everything was going well. Six months later, life hit hard. Oof. I said, let's go and see my pastor. Okay. She, she, she sat in front of me and said, I think it is a spiritual problem. Eh. He said, now there is a spiritual problem. He said, she knows spirit now. And in fact, she's even telling me she has diagnosed a problem and she's telling me that it's a spiritual problem. Wow. Pastor, I pray, in, I pray. I, I, I'm, even though I don't go to church, I, I still pray. So how long have you been to go? She said, for 10 years now, I've not been there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So when I finished, I called the guy who brought her. I told her, I said, the, the, the advantage of knowing God early with the right knowledge and principles is because of a day like this. Because something now happened, she doesn't have what to do. She, she received the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues today. No, don't clap. I don't know what started. Two be come, mama, 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 mama. Ah, bear one year. I feel like come, mama, 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 bear one year. And you know me already. Me, you know me. You know me. When you come and you want to solve your issue, we'll go through the process. Hey, we'll go through all the process. But you know, people come to say, just pray, just pray. Ah, just pray. No, 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 no. She will go to the point. I give her a book. I said. From now to Sunday, finish the book. Yeah, you read it. So, oh, listen, all the ten years you have not gone, you will put it. You will do. You will do crash course. <laughs> you will do crash course because I don't want you to have an answer and later ignore God. I want by the time your problem is being answered, you have gained more by knowing God. So. He said, thou art of purer eyes that behold her and cannot look on iniquity. God cannot look on iniquity. So how is he able to be gracious to us? Because there is a shrine in heaven. You are surprised. There is a shrine in heaven. Exodus. Exodus 25. All right. Exodus 25, verse 40. Now Moses, at this time, God is telling Moses how to build a tabernacle. <laughs> and look, God is telling Moses, and look that thou make them after the pattern which was showed thee in the mount. So when Moses climbed the mountain, God showed him exactly how the, ta the tabernacle is in heaven. And he says that when he goes on earth, he should do the exact thing that he saw on the mount. Revelation 15. It's like this our midweek and it's Bible school. <laughs> uh, 15 verse 4. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name for thou art for thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Verse 5. 
And that, and after that, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. There is a tabernacle in heaven. So just as there was a tabernacle that Moses went to, that the high priest went to and offered gifts and sacrifices, there was the exact thing in heaven. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember that when Jesus resurrected from the dead, when the woman wanted to touch him, he said, hold on, he said, I have not ascended to my father and to your father. Why? Because he was not taking the blood to the mercy seat. So today, the reason why when God looks upon man, he does not punish men for their sin is because there is a blood that is speaking so it is, be, it is by the reason of the blood that is in the tabernacle that he is able to be gracious. Because even though he's a gracious God, he's also a judge. Now, it looks like a conflict. He's a, he was a good person. He's a merciful God. But he's also a judge. It's a, it's a conflict. So how does that conflict resolve? So, okay, because I want to resolve, I want to extend my message to the people. I want to extend my grace to the people. So what I do is that he looks at Christ puts everyone's sin on Christ and because the law and the rule is that once you see sin, you must kill the person. So he puts all the world's sin on Christ and kills Christ. Now because he kills Christ, he cannot kill any other person again because he took everybody's sin and put on Christ. Hebrews. I think this topic, I'll finish it next week rather. Because, do you know what? I've not even touched the topic. <laughs> because I wanted to go to the other side of spiritual warfare. Understanding the stra your strategy. Because you don't enter into spiritual warfare with Yetritrim. as a woman. Anytime we are praying, no matter what you are praying about, it is Holy Ghost fire. <laughs> Say that we are praying concerning our education, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire. So we are praying about husband, Holy Ghost fire. We are praying about children. So as far as that woman is concerned, everything is her enemies. You understand? You can't blame her. That's her interpretation. And that's what she knows. I said, we'll go to Hebrews, right? Chapter. Okay, I didn't give you the chapter. Chapter 9. I said, so God put all man's sin, put on Christ, because sin must be judged. Hebrews chapter 9. In fact, with what I was even saying, okay, now let me not go there. But actually talking about the same thing, then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. There's a worldly sanctuary, there's a heavenly sanctuary. The same thing. Same thing. When the high priest took the, the, the blood into the most holy place, it atoned for the people's sin for the year. In fact, there was something they used to do on the Yom Kippur. That is the day of atonement. Something they used to do. 
every family will bring their lamb. They'll carry their lamb. Every family. They will come. So the family will put their hands on the lamb and confess all their sin. Then the priest will slaughter the lamb. So throughout that year, all the sin they've done is atoned for. And God will smile on them with prosperity. Then very, um, go to verse 27. So now this is the meaning of that particular verse. I just told you that all the sin of everybody was put on Christ and he was killed. For, so that God does not attack sin on anybody again. This is the meaning of this verse. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You know, evangelists use this one and say, okay, it is appointed to man, so everybody will die after the judgment. It's not accurate because some people will be raptured. Not everybody will die. Paul said we shall not all sleep. So this scripture will not be accurate if everybody must die. So this is not what he was talking about. He was not talking about everybody must die. What he was saying over here is that as and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after that this judgment, verse 28, context. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So it is appointed unto man to die once meant that God put every man's sin on Christ and killed Christ. Not that everybody must die. So, these legal things concerning the priest, the holy things. So, like I was saying, this is the people. He is a holy God. He wants to relate to the people, but he has to relate to them legally. So then, he comes and picks one of them. Then teaches him how to relate to him on behalf of the people. Then he will teach him. I'm a God. I want to bless the people. But I cannot just bless them. Before they can be blessed, the blessing that is in heaven has to be transported through words. So, how is it done? So, God, in the book of Numbers, God now tells the priest. He said, say to Aaron and his sons, when they appear before the children of God, he said, they should say this. Because if they don't say that, the blessing that is in heaven cannot be transported. So, he told them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his first sign upon you. That, that is the proclamation of the blessing. So, the priest is learning that from God because God is going to use him to... to to do things pertaining to God because the things that pertain to God are holy things. Sit down for a moment. Hebrews chapter 5. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both, both, offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Hebrews chapter 8. 
Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Uh, verse 2. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. There's a true tabernacle in heaven. Which was not pitched by, by man, which was pitched by God. So he says, he's talking about Jesus Christ as our high priest. He said, Jesus Christ as our high priest is a, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. Let me shock you. When you go to heaven, you will not see God. If you go to heaven right, 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 right you don't see God. No, 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 Pastor, what you're saying is not true. What you're saying is not true. When you go to heaven right now, God is sitting now and Jesus Christ is on his right hand side. It's wrong. There's no scripture that says Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand side of God. Verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Now the things which we have spoken, this is a sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand. Hey, pastor, that is it. Pastor, pastor, you, I've caught you. Pastor, I've caught you. Who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens? Pastor, I told you, pastor. Pastor, I said it. Right hand. <laughs> right hand there is not talking about a location, geographical location. It's not right hand side, it's right hand. Right hand does not mean right hand side. Remember when, hey, Kaya. Remember when Jacob was going to pray for Ephraim and Manasseh. He put his right hand on Ephraim and put his left hand on Manasseh. And Joseph wanted to change it. Why? Because in the Jewish understanding, the right hand means authority. That means Joseph was going to make Ephraim, which is a younger guy, have authority over Manasseh. So Joseph knew and saw, when he saw his right hand on Ephraim, he was about to remove it. Then Jacob said, wait, I know. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So when the Bible talks about right hand, he's not talking about someone, he's talking about the place of power. So when you go to heaven, there are not two thrones. There's one throne and Jesus is on that throne. Hey, Pastor, no, 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 no. Colossians chapter 2. <laughs> hey, Pastor. Pastor, no. Pastor, no. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is begging for us. He's begging. So every time we make a sin, then Jesus Christ will see you. You went to visit your boyfriend. Then God, oh, not Jesus, my beg. <laughs> Colossians of He said, For in him, talking about Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, so in heaven, the fullness of the Godhead, everything is in one body. You will not see two gods. That's a monster.
end with this one. Baba Rasaki Baladama. Shikara Baba 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 Baba. I feel like preaching this evening. <laughs> this one I'm about to talk about. Yeah, 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 Bora baba basha baraka barada balaba basha barada baraba abrada barada 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 ya brada barada basha barada barada baraba ya baba baraba basha karaba basha barada baraba basha barada ya baba 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 baka baraba ya barada barada basha barada baka baraba ya baba 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 Praise God. You know the reason I'm, 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 I'm speaking to that? Because I'm wondering if I'll be able to explain this. Deuteronomy chapter 6. told them to say. Verse 4. Verse 4. Every time they gathered together, they said this prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord.
the Hebrew was Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But that Jesus was not yet born. Jesus was not yet manifested. But my brothers and sisters, God is a prophetic God. God is a poetic God. He declared his son. And you see him walking through the scriptures. He was the one Moses met in the burning bush. Jesus maybe let me try and see if I can explain this to you Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 he said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth if you, if you what I'm about to say if you understand it good if you don't understand it take it like that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in the Hebrew writings of this one, one word was not translated. Because it did not make grammatical sense. The word that was translated was exactly in the middle of the translation. If it is English, what you would have seen there is, maybe I can, I can teach you like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is what you're seeing there. But in the Hebrew, what, what actually is written there? In the beginning, A-Z. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, how would you, how would you explain that? It doesn't make grammatical so they, they, uh, so they took it out of the translation. But it was not grammatically correct, but it was spiritually correct. Because at that point, what God was doing was, God was declaring Jesus. Because that AZ over there is what the Hebrews call, you English call it uh, A-Z. Greek call it Alpha Omega. The Hebrew call it Aleph Tav. So this AZ is in the middle there untranslated. But it's just in the middle of the statement. Untranslated. So throughout the whole Bible, nobody understood that AZ that was there. But it was in Revelation chapter 1 that the owner of the AZ translated it verse 8 I am Alpha and Omega so that is that was in there untranslated was the Lord Jesus he said I'm Alpha and Omega then he says I am the beginning and the end he didn't say I am the beginning to the end I am the beginning and the end 
Jesus, when you read the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. When you look into the Old Testament, you will see Jesus hidden in all the little bit, especially the book of Leviticus. If you don't look at it with the lens of Jesus, you will think it is a boring book. But when you read it with the lens of Jesus, you understand everything that was written in the book of Leviticus concerning holy living. I'll give you an example. God told them that when they are sacrificing an animal, they should not sacrifice an animal that has paws. They should only sacrifice an animal that has just one division between his feet. They call it his feet part the hoof. Oh, he was talking about Jesus. Oh, do you remember that scripture? Rightly dividing the word of truth. There were different food in that time, but he called him the bread of life. Why did he call him the bread of life? Why didn't he say he is the fufu of life? Why did he call him he is the rice water of life? He said he's the bread of life. Why? Because bread is food that everybody in this world eats. There's no nation in this world that don't have bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the Alpha and the Omega. When you go to heaven now, Jesus is seated on the throne. He's a seated. And in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Throughout, throughout generations, no angel had ever seen God. No angel had ever seen God. They, they didn't know what God looked like. They didn't know what God ever looked like. They didn't know, no, no, what, what does God look like? No, he was a spirit. God is a spirit. And no one ever saw God at any time. No one ever saw God at any time. The angels never saw him. People think that angels are just flying in heaven when they get to God and say, oh God, how are you? Then they just pass. No, 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 no. No man ever saw God. No angel ever saw God. The Bible says the cherubim and the seraphim, they covered their face. They covered their face. They never saw him because the brightness that was coming from him, their wings was not to fly because angels don't need wings to fly. If they have wings, it's on assignment. They cover their face, they cover their feet, and, they, and, 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 and twain, when twain, the other angels that fly without that. So you have to understand that the, the wings were not there of flight, but it was there for covering. So they, they cover their face, they cover, they cover their, 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 their feet. So they never saw God. But when Jesus resurrected from the throne, when he entered heaven, for the first time men saw God. For the first time angels saw God. They saw God and say, ah, who is the king of glory? Then he replies, the Lord strong and mighty. Jesus. 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 You know, you look in the scriptures, all the stories, everything is talking about Jesus. Adam and Eve had, had, had their son and they had Cain. Then they had Abel. 
What does Cain represent? Bible said Cain was of the evil one. Cain represents the first race of men. Because Jesus was the second Adam. Abel represented the second Adam. But then Cain killed Abel. Just like men killed Jesus. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus resurrected again. That is why Adam had Seth. Seth was a resurrection of Abel. Just praise him and thank him. Just speak in the tongue. Worship him because he's God. He's not a religious leader, he's God. blessing over you I proclaim God's grace over you I proclaim supernatural favor for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ you walk in victory every day you walk in glory every day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may God mix your make your words honorable in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may you receive favors in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as people com complain of economic downturn, you will experience the grace of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead and thank God. There's a message I wanted to go home and go and listen to. By the man of God, Pastor Chris. Benediction. The title is Benediction. Benediction. Go and listen to it.